It's time for Fluent and Chill. I'm Anthony K. I'm fluent, and I'm here with Jay. He's chill, and I'm back. Sports Fluent Studios. I feel so much better. You know, we, you, you know when you're on the road, Tone, and you see the construction sign, beep, beep, you got to go a different way. That's kind of what we had going on on Tuesday where we had to go a different way. Traffic was a little backed up, but it looks like it's wide open now. I think we're back in effect. We, we, we good. We good. There's a <laughs> three by five hole in my floor that uh, some demons were coming out of, but we are good now. I feel, um, I feel so much better. All right. So we have a jam packed show. So let me just, I'm going to run down the list of stuff. We're, we got obviously mail drop. Mm -hmm. Got some great questions, NFL and NBA. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about, Possibly the return, the full-time return of Kyrie Irving. Uh, we're going to talk about John Howard. He's got a little PTSD when it comes to uh, people calling timeouts. So uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of what happened there. Uh, Chris Paul is out. We're going to talk about how that affects the Phoenix Suns. Deshaun Watson. We're going to talk about what's going on with him. We haven't heard kind of some updates until recently. So we're talking about what's going on there, some updates. But I want to kick it off. I was challenged last week to put together the NBA's all-time greatest offensive-only lineup. No care for defense, just what is the best offensive lineup. So I'm going to start with you and get yours. <coughs> if you were to set up a team, so point guard, you can actually you can do it however you want. You have a five centers if you want. Mm -hmm. Your offensive, this is the team that's going to be the most destructive offensively. How would you put that team together? And then I'll tell you, I want you to put yours together. I'll tell you mine and then see what the difference is. And sure say why. And we want to say why. That's what I'm saying. I want to make sure we clear, Tom. We ain't talking about nothing else but buckets. My team, buckets. we just buckets. buckets all day long. All right. Well, what I want to start the conversation with, I want to start the conversation with a guy who is just straight buckets and he's more calm in his game. And he played over 60 years ago. I mean, Oscar Robinson got an eight year stretch where he averaged 30 a game at the one. He averaged 30 a game. So, I'm thinking about other great point guards in the game. I'm thinking about Damian Lillard, I'm thinking about Russell Westbrook, just guys who were buckets, right? And when I think about Oscar Robinson, to average 30 a game, that's my lead guard. I'll start there. With my, with my, with my two guard, I mean, I, he's the greatest scorer that I've seen in my – he's the greatest scorer in the history of the NBA. And Kobe at Bryant? the guard spot. No, not Kobe Bryant. Actually, it's the guy who Kobe Bryant modeled his game after. That's number 23 in uh, Chicago. He was absolutely incredible. Um the number three scorer, just a guy, like I said, a guy who is just buckets. All he's doing is getting you buckets. I can say it's James. I can very well say it's James. But what James would do if he's on that team, James would just – he'd tailor his game around everybody else. He wouldn't look to shoot the ball because now he's got other scorers around him. So I can't put James on there. I'm just looking – I'm just thinking about a guy, Tone, who is just straight buckets, right? I might have to go with George Gerber. Ooh. Okay. I might have to go with I might have to go with George Gervin, a, a guy who is just straight buckets. That's all he is, right? So then at the four, we're talking about a guy who is just you get him the ball and he scores the basketball. No question about it. You get him the ball and he scores. That's Malone. No mm -hmm. doubt about it. That's Malone. And then at the five, this is simple for me because a lot of people, you know, a lot of people talk about Shaq and and and, and Olajuwon and guys like that. But I'm just thinking about a guy who I could just go to for buckets. That's Chamberlain. <laughs> that's Chamberlain all day. I just throw him the ball and he scores. Wow. I I thought you were gonna say Kareem at the five. And then I was, I was, I was ready to. and I was ready to tell you that we only had one the same in our lineup. 
one, but you picked Wilt, so we have two. So you know that obviously Wilt is on my list. All right, so here's the question, because this is what I was asked. So I'm going to ask you the same questions, and then I'll tell you mine. Mm-hmm. Where are you getting spacing? There's no three-point shooting in your lineup. Nope, there is no three-point shooting in my lineup. So with the, with no three-point shooting in my lineup, I got the, I got a bunch of mid-range assassins. And not only do I have a bunch of mid-range assassins, I got a lot of guys in my lineup that can shoot free throws. You know why? Because they get into the basket. And if they get into the basket, they're getting fouled. So I got a lot of guys who can make free throws. I got a lot of guys who, if we got a close game, they're going to ice the game. So in terms of spacing, I got a floor general, Oscar Robinson, who will make sure that we get that going. And he, so and he, can, he can facilitate, right? Absolutely. He, he averaged a triple-double. We, we yeah. know what, what he can do. Um, so no three-point shooting, but you're going to kill him with the mid-range. Oscar's mm-hmm. going to be your facilitator. And in transition, too, Tone. We're going to kill you in transition. We're running all day. That's our game. Okay. George Gerber, I know he could score a lot, but was he – he couldn't really – could he? I, maybe it's a question. Create his own shot? Yeah. Iceman yeah. was that dude. Absolutely. Yeah, I know he could finger dude. roll. Yeah. 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 He wasn't just finger rolling in transition. Ice was – Ice was deadly one-on-one. He was one of the better one-on-one players in the game, no doubt. Okay. So you took a very, very different approach than what mm-hmm. I took. So here's what I did. I started with, well, who are, because I, I don't care in, in this particular instance, I don't care who has the most points for their career because that's about longevity. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, I just want to put together a team that's going to score the most points in any single game or any single series. Mm-hmm. So I started by looking at, well, who are the top five players in terms of points per game? And then what I did was I said, okay, I'll make tweaks if I have to, but Okay, do I have three-point shooting? Do I have an inside presence? Do I have passing? Those are the criteria I kind of looked at. Mm -hmm. So I took a very different approach. I put a man who led the league in assists and also is fifth all-time in points per game. Maybe he's fourth. No, no, I think he's fifth. No, maybe he's fourth. Either way, he's fourth or fifth in LeBron James. I'm going to have him as my point guard because I Mm -hmm. like the fact that here's a guy who can get to the bucket. He can facilitate. Like I said, he led the league in assists. So we know he can pass. He can rebound. He's going to, right? He's, he's, he can score just in different ways than people want you to. Oh, he's also a very capable three-point shooter. So if I have to, you know, 35, 36%, it's pretty, pretty solid. Yeah. Two, you know, I'm going with the guy who led the league in points per game and even better in the playoffs, Michael Jordan. Correct. Kill you from the mid-range, get to the hoop, get to the free throw line and shoot over 80%. So I got LeBron and MJ. At the small forward, at the small forward, do you know what small forward in the history of the NBA averaged the most points per game out of every small forward? I think that's Bird. It is not Bird. No, it's not Bird. That would be KD. I'm sorry. And it's not It is not KD. KD. I'm not mistaken. (laughs) It's Alex English. I'm sorry. It is not Alex English. Woo. It's one that too, ma- too many people forget this great Laker. Oh, Jamal Wilkes. Elgin Baylor, man. Oh, Elgin God. Baylor. Over 27 <laughs> points per game. A great transition. Great. Not three-point shooting. There was no three-point shot. Back yeah. Elgin Baylor. And I was like, okay, he's he's perfect for this lineup because I need another mid-range guy because – so Elgin Baylor at small court, we don't talk about him enough. Not enough people know about how great Elgin Baylor was. You know, Elgin Baylor averaged more rebounds than Shaq. I just want to put that out there. Can you say that again, please? 
One more, one more time for the people. For the people in the back. Yeah. Elgin Baylor averaged more rebounds than Shaq. Than Shaq. And Jabal, too, by the way. That's why, that. that's why he's my small forward. Because <laughs> if we do miss a shot, I got, I got rebounding everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My power forward is third all-time in points per game. He's this close for his career of, of averaging 50, 40, 90. Mm. He's a tremendous three-point shooter. Some say one of the greatest, I say the most versatile scorers of all time. The Slim Reaper, Kevin Durant. Mm. Because I want some spacing. I want someone who could shoot volume threes at a high percentage. So now I've got three-point shooting. I got my facilitator. I got my rebounding. You, you already know who my center is because I told you I do. agreed. Mm-hmm. My man averaged over 50 points a game for a season. Mm-hmm. You've convinced me he scored 100 points in a game. Not only that, one time they told him, hey, can you pass more? And he led the league in total assists. No, no, they ain't tell him, can you pass more? They told him, you don't pass. No, you don't pass. Excuse That's me. That's what the problem is. <laughs> Fair don't enough. Pass. You don't pass. So he said, right, I don't pass. Let oh, me really? show you. Okay, let's let me show you. <laughs> and he led the league, and I want to make it clear because people think he led the league in assists per game. He did not. No. He led it in total assists. So now I have an, a big man who could score 50 points a game, and if I need him to, you could pass. Let me ask you this. Who are you doubling on my team? I'm having a, such a – well, you, you, you stuck on the double teaming tone. I'm thinking about second-chance shots. So if we miss – I got Elgin Baylor who averaged 14 boards a game. I got Chamberlain who averaged 25 boards a game. Uh-huh. So if we miss. Don't forget LeBron. Don't forget LeBron. LeBron almost averaged double figure. He averages seven oh. rebounds a game. So, and, Oh, if I may also, do you know who averages more offensive rebounds per game than LeBron? Michael Elgin Jordan. Baylor. Oh, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Just think about that. You're not getting an offensive board. I think you demolished my team. I don't think that much. I don't. I, I think we get smoked. And now that I think about it, I, I think I might have to go redraft my team because my team looking kind of whack right now. Can you believe someone actually said to me, "Your team has no outside shooting or or passing"? I said, "You realize LeBron and Will led the league in assists and led the league in total assists. I've got passing on both ends. Not to not to mention, Jordan was a very capable passer." Like, when he played point guard, he was averaging, what, eight, nine assists per game? Uh, he did do that. Yes, sir. Everyone on my team can pass, can rebound, and will score. So I was happy with my team. I've obviously given it more thought than you have because I've had a week to tweak it. Right. I, I, might, have to, I might have to go redraft my team because my team looking kind of whack right now. As much as I love Oscar, as much as I love George Gervin, uh, I, I'm thinking about spacing and I'm thinking about the long ball and I might have to get me a long ball shooter in here. So George Gervin might have to come out the lineup. I'm cool with Oscar, but George Gervin might have to come out the might lineup. Have to put I'm Bird gonna, in there for Oscar. Yeah, I might have to I might have to I might have to move Oscar. I'm, I'm I might have to move George Gervin out. I might have to put Oscar in there. And I might have to move Malone out. Cause I because I, I need I need so let me so let I me ask let me ask you a question. Now that you know if I had if I had told you first, here's mm-hmm. my team, LeBron, MJ, uh Baylor, KD Wilt, and you have to pick your lineup and you can't use any of those five. Okay. Who would you who would you switch out? So so uh, Oscar, you're keeping Oscar, you said, right? <clears throat> keeping Oscar. I can't I can't have Jordan, so I'm gonna take Bryant. Okay. Yeah. So I can't have Jordan, so I'm gonna take Bryant. Um at the three spot, I still had James. Uh no, I had George. I, you, had, you had Gervin. You had Gervin. I had Gervin. Um I was gonna take I, I think I'm gonna take George Gervin out and 
I could very well put Bird in there, but I'm just I'm just thinking about a guy who is buckets, right? And if I'm thinking about a guy who just completely just scores the basketball, that's Dominique Wilkins. Oh, that's, that's, that's a good that's, one too. I don't know what I was thinking, man. That's Dominique Wilkins. People that's forget guy, him. Yeah, yeah that's, that's the guy who scores the basketball. It's Dominique Wilkins. That's who I'm going with. And then at the four, when I think about a guy, because we're talking about scoring, I mean, we got to space the floor because we're talking about today's game. We got a long ball line. I mean, they had a long ball line in the 80s, that long ball line in the 90s. But we're talking about spacing. I can't have a guy that scores the basketball, but also is clogging up the lane because I got a big man down there, right? I got a, I, I got I got a big man down there who scores the basketball. So you took Wilt, so I can't have Wilt. I'm taking Jabbar. So I think I'm gonna still stick with Malone still because Malone. Man. I'm gonna still stick with Malone because Malone is so great in transition. Jabbar's better in transition too, and Malone could stick the 18 footer. So he could stretch the defense also. They so can play I, that high low, right? Remember yeah, we used to do I'm, that one guy in the post, yeah, one guy in the high post. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I think that, that works. I think people forget Wilkins. I, I I tell everybody this, you know, when people talk poorly about Dominique, I say, listen, Dominique would probably have like six scoring titles if it wasn't for Michael Jordan. I go, and if he shot, listen, we compare errors all the time, and I know I know I don't like ifs a lot, but if he shot three more threes per game, it's about a 30-something percent uh, three-point shooter. He averages the same amount of points as Kevin Durant. It was just because he wasn't shooting threes. Like, he was capable for that time. He shot above yeah. the average for his day. If he just – if that was part of the game, are we talking about Dominique? Are we talking about Nick differently? If he has, you know, three or four of those scoring titles under his belt and shot a little bit more from the well, outside. Let's, let's just take it – I, for, for me, Tone, it, it boils down to one thing. And it's I don't like to oversimplify things when it comes to stuff like this because it's a little bit more complex. But for me, this is a little simpler. When Dominique Wilkins retired, only six guys in the history of the NBA scored more points than him. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And when you look at his average, I always say this too. Because we always look at – I do. I say, hey, this is what you did for the, your career. That's It is what it is. However, you look at those places he went to after because he was trying to – you know, have more longevity to his career. And that brought down his average significantly because mm -hmm. he wasn't the same guy as he got older uh, or when he went to Greece to play for Olympiacos. Shout out. Um, you said it though, Tom. You you just said it. Who was, them years, Jordan was 35 a game and Jordan was 37 a game and 33 a game. That was Nick right behind him at yeah, 31. Yeah, who was second? Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> That's Nick right behind him at 32, 29. That was Nick chasing him all of them years. Yeah. And if I recall, he had a little flavor to, to his scoring too. They didn't call him the human highlight reel for nothing. He didn't, that, that's not a self-proclaimed name, folks. No, it's not. <laughs> no, we do. I think Kobe's the only one who gave himself a name. Yeah. Um, all right, we're going to switch gears. We'll go to the NFL. Mm-hmm. The stuff I don't want to talk about, I'm going to start there so we can get by it. So Deshaun Watson has been – this legal stuff has dragged on a lot longer than I really expected it to. Me too. But we're at the point now where it looks like there's not going to be any criminal charges, mm -hmm. which is – which, again, is a head scratcher. But there's going to be nine civil suits, and he's been – he's going to be testifying about. I hope that means – we're going to get through this. Again, I'm not disrespecting. I've said this before, but I'll say it again for people who are ca catching us for the first time. Mm -hmm. No disrespect to the to you know to the parties involved, to the people who have been hurt, to whatever. We don't know what happened, mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that that all gets cleared up and it's done. So now let's get to the football part of it. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Watson 
as of right now, is still a Houston Texan. They've just hired their second coach in two years, a coach who you know I love and Lovey Smith. So it's a kind of a two-part question. Does Deshaun Watson play this season? Does he stay in Houston? Can Lovey Smith kind of talk him back into staying with Houston or is the ownership Deshaun Watson marriage just broken? If he doesn't stay in Houston, where does he go? Well, we'll start the conversation with the victims of this whole thing are the ones who are overshadowed in this. I mean, we talk about Deshaun Watson. This is obviously something that's a huge problem, Tone. Because if one person says it, eh, two people say it, you know, we got to start listening. When you have women in droves, we have a problem. And it's something that needs to be addressed. Absolutely. And what, 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 what I can't hear from you is, well, I made a mistake. No, you know, when you make a mistake, I make a mistake by leaving my wallet out. Damn, I, I left my wallet at home, something like that. When you get to this point where we, we're in droves, you've got an idea of what you're doing. There is no logic that you can sell to me that, well, I didn't know it was a problem. Well, somebody at some point said something to you and you chose to ignore it. Yeah, if, if I may, I could even, I don't want to say forgive. That's the wrong. I don't know. I don't know what the word is I want to use, but I could I could maybe understand a little bit if one person came out and said it and he said, you know what? I misread the signals and I did this. I was wrong. I'm sorry. One, mm-hmm. one, I, nine. I think the word you don't I'm make that for, you don't make that you don't misunderstand nine times. I think the word I'm looking for is absolved. Absolved is where I we got to the bottom of it. It's not necessarily forgiven, but all right, we got to the bottom of right. it. Let's move on. I can get with that. Now, with that all being said, we're going to get to the bottom of this, Tone. Yeah. And once we get to the bottom of this, we have to get to something even, even more important, which is his job. All right, so where is he going to be playing football? You, because I, I and I want to get into this at some point, because I love Lovey Smith too. But you have an admiration for him that I haven't heard about any other coach. You talk about, when you talk to me about Lovey Smith, you kind of got this glow about you when you talk about Lovey. And I don't know what it is, but I don't want to see Lovey put in a bad situation again. I don't want to see yeah. that tone. I, I'm, I'm not interested It's because he fought his way back to being the head coach. So Houston is doing all what they're doing, looking for a head coach. Meanwhile, look right down the hall. You got your head coach and you don't even know it. So if Deshaun Watson would decide to play for the Texans, I think that that would be really good for Lovey Smith because that would put him in a position for that team to be better. But if he doesn't, then at least we know, at least we know with Houston that they're going in a different direction and that's going to give Lovey Smith some time. Point that I'm making with that is, is there won't be any excuses. Well, you had Deshaun Watson and you couldn't do it after one or two years, so you're out. I'm not interested in hearing that at all. Now, as far as him playing for a different organization, because to be honest with you, Tone, I think this thing in Houston is a wash. You can't sit out an entire season after demanding a trade and then come back the next year. I think that this thing is a wash. I think it's over. So in terms of him playing for another team, I'm kind of on your logic. When I think about the NFC South, and I, I just love him in Tampa. I do. I love him in Tampa. Now, I don't know if the money works in Tampa, because I know he just signed an extension in Houston. And I know that they, I believe they, I believe Tampa's over the cap, so they're yeah, they have to do some stuff. I don't think it's going to work in Tampa, but when I think about where I should stay away from, well, 
I can tell you where I'm definitely not interested in playing. I'm not interested in playing in the AFC in the AFC West. I'm not interested in playing there. I'm definitely not interested in playing. I could probably play in the AFC North. I, I think that the AFC North would be good. Pittsburgh would be really good for him. Um, a team like a team like Pittsburgh, I think that, that he could help them out tremendously. But ultimately, if I want to get a less difficult path, I'm looking at the NFC South. Absolutely, I am. I'm looking at the NFC South. You mentioned a while ago. And I think you were spot on with it when you talked about moving on from Matt Ryan. Let's move mm-hmm. on from Matt Ryan and we'll start over with Kyle Pitts, Ridley, Deshaun Watson. And I think that that will put a buzz in that city that they'll be right back in the middle of it, especially in the NFC South. So I want a couple of things. I want to touch on a couple of things you said. I, in the history of the NFL, mm-hmm. there have been, I believe, 19 or 20 black head coaches. Of those 19 or 20 black head coaches. Whoa, 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 Tom, rewind. Did you just say in the history, in the history. 100 year history of pro football, they have been under 20 coaches? It might have hit 20 this year, correct? Yes. It's So it's 19 or 20. It's around that number. Of those 19 or 20, there's maybe a handful. So is that four or five, six who've ever had a second chance? to be a head coach. So black head coaches typically get one chance. They don't get a second chance. The list of ones who've had a second chance are, you know, it's the Hugh Jacksons, the Tony Dungy's like that list is small. Dennis Green went from Minnesota to Arizona. Lovey Smith went from yeah. uh, Chicago to now Houston. Well, there, I, well he was no, in Tampa. he was in Tampa. So I was going to say, so the number that have had two chances is mm-hmm. low. It, like I said, it's like less than half a dozen. Right. The number that have had three shots might be Lovey Smith. It, 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 I can't think of another one. There might be another one, but just imagine if there was only four, five or six that had two chances. So Lovey Smith has a big opportunity here to do something. Everywhere he's been, he has been successful. Just remember, winning record, got fired out of Chicago. Winning record, got fired in Tampa. So he's got a shot. What I'm afraid of in Houston is if he doesn't have Deshaun Watson. Cully was there for one year. And we've already talked about the fact that Bill Belichick couldn't take that roster to a winning season. And he got fired after one season. I don't know what happened behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So my fear is that Lovey comes into a bad situation. And, you know, when you don't have a quarterback, bad goes to worse really fast. 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 And so I don't want him to be a one and done. Like, I hope that there's a commitment to, like, let him build up the pro- that program. Because I'll tell you this, and this is why I keep saying it. I'm, I'm pulling my best – LeVar Ball, where I'm trying to speak it into existence. Mm-hmm. If Deshaun Watson stays, what Lovey Smith will do with that defense, this is another team that can go from a four-win team to a playoff team like the Bengals did this year. That's how good I th- – how uh, what high admiration I have for Lovey Smith mm-hmm. and how good I think Deshaun Watson can be if he's the, if he's the same Deshaun Watson. That's yeah. a big – two big ifs, mind you. So I want him to be successful if he's not there, I'll go with my AFC team because, you know, I think I don't want him in the AFC. But if he goes to the AFC, because I think the AFC is loaded. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the team, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. They brought in Brian Flores. He has a great relationship with Deshaun Watson. Hopefully that can keep him kind of in check. Pittsburgh, one thing we know about Pittsburgh, they're loyal. They're stable. Right? He's, not gonna be there for two, he's not going to be had, there for two or three years. No, exactly. They've had three head coaches in their history. Mm-hmm. Just think about that. In their history, 
There are teams, the Giants, who've had three head coaches in the last three, four years. Yeah. In their history, they've had three head coaches. So it's a nice, good, stable franchise. You know, so mm-hmm. and and it's a team that's built to win. They've they'll love him in Pittsburgh, too, love him Pittsburgh but they got love and he's listen, I don't want to say he's he's similar to Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> in the sense that right, he's he has escapability. He can mm-hmm. throw the ball deep. Like, he does a lot of those things. They have a good wide receiving core. They have a great young running back. And they have a great defense. They're set up to win. All they need is that quarterback. However, I'm with you that the NFC South makes the most sense. I really thought if Sean Payton stayed, the Saints would have been the one. Because, again, there's a nice, stable, good offensive guy who can kind of, you know, get the best out of Deshaun. And then you brought up Tampa, and I was like, yeah, but the salary cap – I think Carolina might be another one, you know, just up the road from Atlanta where it's the NFC South. It's there for the taking. We're assuming CMC is going to be back and healthy. Like they've got, they've got an opportunity. They don't really have, what do they have? Sam Darnold, I think might still be under contract. Cam Newton, I think is done there. They need a quarterback more than anybody. I think anyone, every, all four teams in the NFC South should be trying to figure out a way to get him there because you then win that division. Who's the favorite at, as of today, Tone? If you had to pick a team, who's the favorite in the NFC South? It's probably Atlanta. <laughs> like, that's how bad it is because just think about it. Tampa Bay has no Tom Brady. They have no quarterback. Bye. See you later. Godwin is coming off an injury, and he's a free agent, so he might not even be there. Gronk is going to be gone. Gronk is going to be gone. AB obviously is gone. There's mm-hmm. rumblings about Bruce Aaron. Do, mm-hmm. You know, do the players like him? Is he been? So there might be – who knows? There might be. He might be on a short leash. He might be gone by the time of season. Right. You don't know. New Orleans, well, they don't have a quarterback. Their running back is in legal trouble after the Pro Bowl. Yep. They still have their best wide receiver, Michael Thomas, didn't play last year. We don't know what's going on this year. Oh, don't forget about their head coach. He's gone too. Their head, yeah, it was just the next one. Their head coach retired. Mm-hmm. Their defense statistically sounds good, but you know, you keep telling me that's those stats are fools. You bought it, Tom. You bought it. <laughs> I, I bought into it, and I was wrong. You're right. You're right. You're right. So, and then there's Carolina. There's literally nobody. There's there's no clear cut fit. The only one is Atlanta because they have Matt Ryan, but Calvin Ridley doesn't look like he's going to be back. Um, you know, Cordell uh, Cordero Patterson had a phenomenal year, but can you repeat that again as a wide receiver slash running back? I like Kyle Pitts, but you're not hanging your hat on a tight end. So there's a lot of question marks with all the teams in the yeah. NFC South. So I, I I would I just put Atlanta at, at at the top because they're the only one that have a starting quarterback. Right. That, that, yeah. that's, that's the only reason. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So I, I like him. Any any one of those teams should, should mm-hmm. make that move. Okay. So we're talking about a player coming back. Let's talk about a player who's now going to be sitting on the shelf. We're going to switch to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul. You know, just when I started to believe in Chris Paul, move him up my rankings. And people always tell me, if I go back two years, yeah, why didn't you have Chris Paul in your top 10 all time? Mm-hmm. And I said, because he's a look, he's a great player, but I think a lot of people overrate him when they call him the point guard. Greatest point guard ever is what I was told. I'm like, no, Yikes. that's a bit, that's huge overrating. So I had him at 11. And they said, well, why do you have these other people? And I said, because the people ahead of him have MVPs, have, you know, uh, uh, rings, have all these other things, have, you know, you know, statistically they're just as good and they do other things better. And then he went to Phoenix. And I said, well, and you said this too. But let's see what he does in the playoffs. I know he's going to have a great regular season. And boy, did he. He led that team. He brought them together. He was the glue. And I started to buy into this. Man, he's, he's just the leader that these guys needed. 
And then even when he got hurt a little bit in the playoffs, he found a way to come back and play and took them to the finals. And probably they, you know, listen, they ran into a Bucks team that was just firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. But I started to say, okay, if he can now stay healthy when it matters, because what was the knock? It wasn't that he got hurt. He said he got hurt in the playoffs mm-hmm. and he cost his team in the playoffs when it matters the most. Well, playoffs are starting in four or six weeks. He's out for six or eight weeks. And a lot of people have started to say, well, there's Chris Paul again. You know, he is who we thought he was. You know, the one season, that was the exception, not the rule. So the question is this. Can the Phoenix Suns withstand him being out of the lineup? Well, or are they are they a first round exit now if he's not back in time? Well, here's, here's the thing, Tony. Got 24 regular season games left. All right. They got a cushion on Golden State of six and a half games. Now, Golden State's got a great opportunity to make up some of these games because I think that I don't I don't think Phoenix falls to the bottom of the playoff pitcher. They can't. I don't think they can. <clears throat> no, I don't think that they fall to the bottom of the playoff <clears throat> pitcher. If they could go 500, I think that they still keep that top spot. And that would mean the Warriors would have to go something like 20 and five over the next 23 or 25 games. I I could get with that logic. A lot of people bought into Chris Paul right now, and they completely just forgot about who he was. And I don't mean who he was when he got hurt in Houston. What what was going on when he was with the Clippers for those five years? That matters, man. That I I I I was one of those guys, Tone, who I always felt like winning. It's not as high on my list as the other things. And the reason why I felt like that tone is because you need a whole lot of things to go your way when you're winning. Right. So with that being said, I care about things like durability. Can I count on you to be here? Your game isn't in question. Right. Your game. is Chris Paul's game's never been in question. The question with him has always been durability. He can't hold up. And now we're in a situation where we got a team in Phoenix that's I think they with him in the lineup and he's healthy. I think they're the most complete team in the game. I absolutely believe that. Now, when I look at them and I look at now him being out of the lineup, now that means that Book has to step up. This is a great opportunity for him to show more leadership for him. Now, I think they got an all-league defender in Bridges, and I think he's going to be better. I think Cam Johnson is going to be better. I think that – and I don't think you're a big fan of Aiton Tone. I don't know why, but I don't think you're a big fan of him. I dig Aiton. I think I think he's I think he's an above average center. I don't think he's a great center. And and, and that's the kind of vibe that I get from you that he don't suck. He doesn't suck. He's not great. I like him on my team. Like yeah, I like so him I'm on saying. my team. Yeah. That, that's the that's the vibe that I get from you that he doesn't suck. He's not he's not um cat great. He's not Embiid or Joker great, but he's not right. a middle of the road guy neither. He's a, he's better than those middle of the road. He's in this weird guy. limbo in the middle between yeah. kind of average and great and I hate yeah. those guys because it means some days they'll play great. Sometimes they'll play mid, right. and that bothers me. That drives me nuts. Now, the thing that I'm concerned with with him is now the fact that you got your playmaker and your primary distributor is out the lineup. How is that going to affect him, right? right? So when I think about their point guard situation and how they're going to get Aiton more involved in the game, how are they going to get Book more involved in the game? How is Book going to get himself more involved in the game? Is he going to now, because Chris Paul's out of the lineup, him playing off of Chris Paul helped his game so much, Right. Helped his game so much. The more that I watch, 
the more that I watch Bismack Biombo, and I know you love him, Tone, because he was up in Toronto too. Yeah. The the more I watch him, I'm thinking if Chris Paul had him since the beginning of the season, we might have been talking about him making an All Star team because he looked awesome, absolutely. So now, when when Chris Paul is out of the lineup, these guys have to do more, and I think that they can, but. I think that the team's going to take a hit, but I don't think it's going to take a tremendous hit like Brooklyn did. Yeah, yeah. because to your point, 25 games left, they'd have to go, let's say they go 500, so call it 13 and 12. Right. This, the the Warriors would have to then go, you're right, like 20. Yeah, they'd have to go 20 and 5. Something which like they, that. Which is possible to right. just to, to catch them. Right. So that, you know... So they, they've got a good enough lead. Like I said, my biggest concern isn't the regular season because people are saying, oh, they're going to drop. They're very hard for them to drop like down, like significantly. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I don't like I said, I don't think they even lose the number one seat, right. even if they did. OK, they're two. My biggest concern is I don't think he's going to be there. And when you look at the teams that are, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, mm -hmm. right, depending on how the play in tournament, which I still hate, by the way, right, the teams that they might play. You know, there's a Laker team there that I don't think they're worried about. But without Chris Paul, you never know. We got a different, you know, we got a different there's 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 some teams down there that you just I'm worried about. Mm -hmm. I want to go back a step because you talked about durability. And, you know, people are going to say, oh, any chance I get to bring up Michael Jordan? Here it is. OK, yeah, here it is. In his <laughs> in his second in his second three feet. Right. I just want to talk about durability. So why I like let's say why I hold him in high regard. Why I hold LeBron James as the second greatest of all time? Because for 19 seasons, he's 27, 7, and 7. You can book that. Literally, just book it in. He's done. He's there. On a Tuesday, I'm good. Yeah, That's right? So Jordan, in his 32-month span, so the second 3 P, he won three championships, three scoring titles, named MVP twice, finals MVP three times, all defensive first team three times. You know how many games he missed? Zero. Zero. That's how many? Zero. That's how you become, in my book, a great player. You've got the stats, the accolades, the skill, the talent, the mentality, and you're there. I show up and every you, night. And you're there and you play. And that's, you know, and that's was that was my knock on Chris Paul mm -hmm. pre-Phoenix. It it might start creeping back in. He might start moving yeah. back out of my top 10. He's in my top 10 right now. I don't know. So I don't. Here's my so my, my issue is this. Let's let's take a quick look at the standings, mm -hmm. because this is let me and let me ask you what teams, if any, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, and and that's possible too. I, I don't know everything, so mm -hmm. if I look at the at the Western Conference standings and I look at who would they play? So Phoenix is the number one seed, like you said, six and a half games mm -hmm. up on Golden State. I agree with you. I think all they got to do is play 500. So I don't think they 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 miss that out. So they're going to play if it was if there was no play in tournament they would play the Clippers in round 1 as it stands today. If the Clippers move up it could be let's just put this it's Minnesota, the Clippers, the Lakers and Portland. Mm -hmm. So that's 7 8 9 10. That's a 7 8 9 10. Okay. Are you are you okay with them playing any one of those four teams? Is there one team that you're more afraid none, of than another none of those teams if i'm without the, if chris I'm the, paul without chris paul without okay chris so paul. Now, now we're talking about something completely different because yeah. without chris paul then now we have a different scenario because when i look at minnesota without chris paul i still think that they beat minnesota but i think that they have a really difficult time without their playmaker 
without their distributor, I think that they have a really good, difficult time. And I think Cat and Aiton, I think that they go at it. Absolutely. I think that Anthony Edwards would give Book everything he's looking for mm-hmm. without that distributor. And also, remember too, Tone, we're talking about Chris Paul, who's an all-league defender. I was gonna say, I was gonna say you forget about the defensive end. Yeah, yeah. We, we're talking about a guy who's an all-league defender who will who could neutralize D'Angelo Russell. Well, you don't have that now because now you got a backup point guard that D'Angelo Russell is gonna go after. So I think that that would be I think that that would be beneficial to Minnesota. I don't know if Minnesota could beat them four times in a week, but I think that they would have a lot of trouble with them. That Laker team with James and Russ and Anthony Davis, if we're healthy, I think Phoenix would have hell with them, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers beat them. That would with, not without Chris, what without me, Chris Paul. Yeah, I'm not worried about Portland. Obviously, they've done it, but I don't even think Portland is in that playing tournament. I actually think San Antonio catches them. Um, but even then, I think I think you're looking at for me, and I don't. Are you worried about? The, you didn't say anything about the Clippers. Are you worried about the Clippers? I'm, I'm not worried about the I'm Clippers at all. The Clippers no, either. Paul me, George I mean, is out for the season. I'm not even concerned yeah. with them. So my two things is if they play Minnesota or the Lakers, those are my two biggest fears because, again, you talk about the Lakers. There's so much talent there that mm-hmm. they can get four wins. They can figure it out in the playoffs. You know, James is going to play lights out come playoff time, right? Mm-hmm. He can carry them to a series win. Minnesota is the one that really is interesting because I think with, with Chris Paul, I think they, you know, it's a five game series without Chris Paul. I think right. they go seven and they, and they, they're in trouble because we know what does a defensive point guard, what effect can it have on a team? Well, you've said this multiple times, the bucks basically switched blood. So for holiday, who's a superior defender. And how did they do last season? Oh yeah. They won it all. Yes, they did. So, so that's how much difference a Chris Paul being out of the lineup can make. So that's where I'm concerned. All right. We, we don't talk a lot of college ball, which is interesting because no, we, we both played college ball yes, and we, we never did. talk about it. Mm-hmm. I remember high school, college, after series mm-hmm. in pro ball, you kind of, you know, you kind of do your handshake line and we've had tons of stories, right? Isaiah Thomas didn't you know and the pistons when they got swept by the bulls just walked off the court didn't shake hands this week joan howard swung and hit and has been suspended because he didn't like one let's let's talk let's talk through so the the coach put his hand on him to stop him to explain to him why he had called a timeout late in the game in a blowout and the reasoning for it was he wanted to get his subs in. He just, you know, he wanted to give the, his guys a chance to kind of just, you know, put his subs in because they were up. They were up big. John Howard said, I'll remember that. Words were exchanged and he ends up swinging and hitting the, uh, the assistant coach. My question is this, less about John Howard. Do we need the handshake lines? Is that just good sportsmanship, something we need? Or is it like, hey, we played our game. Let's just go. This is why I don't really bother too much with college basketball. Number one, the players are better at the pro level. And it's stuff like this. Do they have a handshake line in pro basketball? Game's over. All right, guys. Yep. I'll see you next time. So, and to add to that, you as a man tone, we just got finished kicking your butt. And you didn't appreciate this backside kicking that we gave you. You did not appreciate that. So I stepped to you right after the game. Tone, listen, this is why I did this. You make it clear to me, Jay. I don't want to talk. To the you. Time, yeah. I don't want to talk to you. As a man, let's take coach off the table for a second. As a man, when I hear 
I'm not interested in talking to you. Step off. Because this is going to turn into something else, right? Because my emotions are already riled up. We just got whooped real good. But what you're going to do, Tone, is you're going you're gonna to make, I'm going to make you talk to me, Tone. Wait a minute, Tone. Hold on for a second. Let me, let me talk to you. Hold on. Now, add me making you talk to me to my assistant in the back barking at you. And then stop acting like that. All I want to do is talk to you. Now this has turned into something completely different. It's turned into something completely different that did not have to be that. So when we get to where we are face-to-face -face and you say to me, hey, Jay, I'm not interested in talking right now, I got to step off because I don't want this to turn into something else. Now, Juwan Howard is one of the better coaches, young coaches that I've seen in the game. And he's worked really hard to get there. You know, he was he was an assistant with the Miami Heat. You know, he was basically like Eric. Yeah, he's he's gone through he's gone through the paces. He's put he's in gone a, through absolutely. the ring. Absolutely, and he's worked really hard to get to that space. Not only has he worked really hard to get to that space, Tom. We also talking about a guy who he was his best player away from going to the Final Four last year. His best player doesn't get hurt. Michigan is in the Final Four last year, and they may win the national championship, right? But his best player got hurt. So to see something like this, I think that Michigan handled it the right way. Well, what do you mean they handled it the right way? Why didn't he get fired? Well, what we're not going to do is we're not going to jump the gun, right? We're not going to jump the gun and do something that's going to later come back and bite us. But we can't do nothing either, right? We cannot do, we cannot just do nothing. We have to do something. Well, if we put them on ice for the, for the remainder of the regular season, now that gives us time to sort out what it is that we want to do. Add that to the fact, Tone, that if we do want to go in a different direction, we have other options in terms of looking at other coaches as opposed to, yo, he's fired, get rid of him. We don't even know who we're going to replace him with. Right. We have no idea who we're going to replace him with. Yeah. And I don't, listen, I don't, I don't think he should get fired. Uh, I get it. You know, listen, I'm an emotional guy. So maybe right. I'm more sympathetic to this because I know there have been times where I've lost and I, I you know, I would go over and, and sit on the bench like, pretending I'm undoing my shoes because I don't want to deal with the, okay, good game, good game, good game. No, like I get it. It's not sportsmanship, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, one of the things that they say, well, these guys are professionals. No, they're not. Well, the coaches no. are. The coaches are professionals, but the players aren't. The players are amateurs. They're, you know, whatever. But I just, I don't, I think there's too much emphasis on these symbolic things. Mm -hmm. For me, like you said, if I just kicked your butt or you just kicked my butt and from across the way, we were just like, all right, man, I'm good with that. I don't need to do the whole line, the, the line where everybody has to go through. I hate that. I get it. Maybe in a long series. I get that. If we have a seven-game series and they do it, okay, I guess. Uh, but, like, I don't even like the anthem at the beginning of the game. I think we just put two – like, let's just get there, play the game, and go. That, that's what I want to do. I want to go over play. I want to leave. All the festivities. Again, let's get like, I don't need all, that, all the festivities. But, again, that's me. You know, I made the joke, and of course, a lot of Michigan guys came at me. I said, listen, don't forget, this coach called a timeout in a blowout that he should have just let the clock run out. And and Juwan Howard has, you know, I joked about it earlier, has PTSD when it comes to timeouts because they hit, is it North Carolina? North Carolina hits the free throw. Uh, Chris Weber travels. They don't call it. Dribbles to the corner. No timeouts. Calls the timeout, technical foul, and the Fab Five do not win a national title. 
He looked like a deer in headlights, Tom, when he was dribbling that ball. He couldn't get rid of that ball fast enough. He looked like a deer in headlights. He he was he. It was, has dogged a great NBA career mm-hmm. and a, and college career, Chris Webber, his entire one that one timeout. You know how many people have made mistakes? Every damn one of us. Every last, every last one of us. Every, he just, he, he just did it on the national stage, mind you. But yeah. here's the other thing about Juwan Howard too, Tone. The the thing that we also I left out was that you know he's got a history of this. I mean, he got into it with the Maryland coach last year. So this is this is what I mean when I say that this couldn't just be. Okay, we're gonna fire him. He's gone. No, there, there's 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 steps to this. Add that to the fact that. When you have a coach at that level, I mean, Michigan is big business. So we can't just fire him because we got legal ramifications yeah. there. We got to pay him and what kind of what, this, stuff this like that. This doesn't deserve. This doesn't deserve being fired. I, I, I don't, don't think. I don't think so. And I've and I've heard from other people that you know because I had I had posed the question to one of my good buddies. I was like, "Yo, can you swing on a coach and keep your job? Because th- does that does that happen?" But with that also being said. Am I immediately fired? Can is there a, is there another step that we can take before we get to that? And I think that Michigan handled handled yeah. it the right way. I do. Okay. So uh, the the conclusion is no handshake lines. Don't blame John Howard. Um, <laughs> Dead to handshake line. Yeah, you know I, these unwritten rules. You know, don't call a timeout. Uh, you know, don't when someone's dribbling out the clock, you're not allowed to go steal it and go dunk it down on the other end. There's there's all these unwritten. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. All right, back to the NBA. New York. New York is uh, possibly lifting, possibly lifting some of their COVID mandates and protocols. And and what it means is Kyrie Irving might be able to play home games in New York, which means he will no longer be just a part-time player. He'll be able to play basically Mm -hmm. full-time, specifically in the playoffs. He'll be able to play full-time. But they've already traded away James Harden. Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons still is like weeks away, which is weird. Two, um, two at minimum. But, but Drummond and Seth are 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 in the lineup. Mm-hmm. With the trade that they made with the Sixers, and now possibly the full time uh, of Kyrie being back, are the Nets the favorite in the East? Tony, did you know that the new the new I was about to say the New Jersey Nets, but did you know that the Brooklyn Nets? Are eighth right now. I'm yeah. They're eighth right now in the play, in the playoffs. They have the highest odds to win the Eastern Conference Championship. I just want to put that out there. I know that's ridiculous, but as as of right now, they're number eight in the playoffs, and they have the highest odds to win the Eastern Conference. And I'm trying to make sense of why because we got a guy in Kevin Durant who's been out of the lineup. Going, I don't think he's going to be back until the beginning of the next month. So we're looking at almost two months. All right. We got Kyrie Irving, who's been in and out of the lineup, and they got 23 games left, Tone. Irv is only eligible as of right now, considering what the rules are. He's only eligible for eight of them. That's it. He's only eligible for eight. And, by the way, he still can't play in Toronto. He He cannot play in Toronto. So he's only eligible for eight of them. So even if they do lift it, so now we got a guy that's in and out of the lineup. Add that to the fact, Tone, that, Kyrie Irving, him being out of the lineup because of this vaccination issue, that's not his only problem. Well, what do you mean it's not his only problem? Kyrie Irving has not been the most durable guy. Kyrie Irving will break down on you. That has happened in the past. 
And not only has it happened in the past, it has happened in the past numerous times. So that's something that we have to worry about with him. Add that to the fact that you're going to get Kevin Durant back into the lineup. Now we got to put Drummond in the lineup. Now we got Seth Curry, Kevin Durant. I don't know if we got enough time to get this Piece whole thing. Together, yeah. I don't know if we got enough time to put this whole thing together and go on a championship run. You're asking a lot for a team like Milwaukee that's been together for years. You're asking for a lot with a team like Philadelphia who looks like a cohesive unit. And they're going to add James Harden, who's one of the better playmakers and distributors in, in the league. You're asking a lot to go up against a Chicago Bulls team, who I've said this to you in the past, and I still think they're better than Brooklyn. I still think that they're better than Brooklyn. That's basically they've been piecing together that team that's been decimated by injuries. They basically plug in the holes with, with glue and tape with DeMar DeRozan, and they're still at the top of the Eastern Conference. So I don't think that they have enough time to put this whole thing together and be successful as a championship team. Will they make the playoffs? I think they will, I think they will make the playoffs. But to say that they're going to be the Eastern Conference champion or to win the NBA championship, wow, you're putting a lot on it, my man, a lot. Well, let's be clear. You said they're they're, they're going to make the playoffs. They're, they're only three and a half games ahead of 11th, which wouldn't be in the playing game. That's not ridiculous. And I'm going to give you a hot take right here and right now. If they play Charlotte, no, actually, I don't even care who they play. If they finish 7, 8, 9, or 10, they lose that game. They out. They out. Wow. Only, the, the playing game will shoot the NBA in the foot. Because, the, the, you know, they put the playing game because they wanted, you know, these guys, they, they were worried, right, the bubble, all that kind of stuff. They wanted to make sure the best teams who maybe didn't have a great regular season made it in. They're going to get their biggest, one of their biggest stars in KD out of the playoffs because of their stupid play in game. Tony, you realize that's not losing. That's getting bounced. Like bounced. that, 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 that's a, that's a nightmare for the NBA for them to get bounced in the con, not, not in the consolation round, but in the, in the play in tournament, that's a nightmare for the play. NBA. They're going to play like right now, if it were to end today, they would play Charlotte. Who could very well beat them. Of course. Or in a one game, in a one game one, series, one game, or it might be Atlanta. Um, all it takes is Trey Young getting hot. Who could very, they could very well lose. And you're out. Oh my God. And you and you're trying to just and like to all of your points, oh no. Kyrie. Who knows? KD's hurt. They're bringing in two guys, possibly possibly Ben Simmons. Do you trust Ben Simmons when it comes to a, a play-in or a playoff series at this point in his career? No, I do not, sir. No, neither sir, do I. I. Do so there's a lot of question mark. So so I'm going to make a bold statement. And say yeah, they're out. They're if they're in the play-in tournament, they're out. First one game, out done. Um, and, 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 and hopefully, I, and I'm also hopeful that the NBA looks at and goes, oh, maybe we shouldn't take the play-in game out. I think it's dumb, Tone. I think it's so dumb. But let me ask you, uh, we, this isn't on the docket, but let me ask you because we're talking about the play-in tournament. If LeBron James and the Lakers finish ninth with a super team, knowing that if there was no play-in, that means he would finish outside of the playoffs looking in, does that hurt his legacy? Yes, absolutely it does. Really? No, no doubt about it, Tone. You're talking about a team that was put together. They just won the NBA championship two years ago. Lost in the first round of the playoffs last year. So we go from winning the NBA championship to losing in the first round of the playoffs to not making the playoffs at all with a plethora of talent, even though these guys are old. And I don't think I think this team well, that was put not together. Not everybody's old, but I think this team was put together with I, I think this team was put together on a fly and 
I don't think it was put together with any real thought. It just sound like a good idea. But and I also don't think that there was somebody in the room because there's always somebody in the room that's going, "This is a terrible idea." This and nobody was listening. Somebody, I, 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 I wasn't in the room, but I was all <laughs> all up on Rob Palinka and, and Jenny Buss's Twitter account saying this is terrible. Somebody in that room tone is like, "This is a terrible idea. This is not going to work." And they weren't listening because again, it sounded like a great idea, but to think about him, there are some people who are going to roast him for this. I. Already, Tone, you, you know how I feel about James, and I don't think that where he does, is... Does he move to number two? No, he doesn't. He's, he, <laughs> no, he does not. But there are going to be some people, and there's going to be some rumblings that win the NBA championship, lose in the first round of next year, then not make the playoffs with a, with a talented Laker team. Well, so, listen, I, I just say this. People roast the other guy who gets in the GOAT conversation because at 39, 40 years old, oh. he couldn't lead the worst team in the NBA to the playoffs. What do you say about James, who's playing at a higher level than Jordan was at 39, 40? Um, obviously, he's younger, um, who couldn't take an all-star team to the playoffs. He said that too, by the way. I don't know if you remember that tone in 2001 when Jordan said, quote, I just think we stink. Yeah, he said that. They do. They did. You said that it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't about a Washington team that was good. They were trash. And so, so do those same kind of Jordan doubters have the same energy for LeBron and say, "Well, you know what? He couldn't take this team to the playoffs." No, because no. I, I think that with the with with the James Jordan debate, there are people who are James people and there are people who are Jordan people, and okay. there, there's I'm no change in mind. I'm with it. So. All right, it's time for uh, our favorite part of the show. What's that, Tom? Say it better. All right, here we go. Three questions from our viewers slash listeners available on Spotify and YouTube. All great, all time great, greatest defensive player in NFL history. Mm -hmm. Is it Aaron Donald, Lawrence Taylor, or other? For me, it's Lawrence Taylor. I think he's he's the best defensive player in NFL history. When I think about a guy who completely dis, – he doesn't disrupt your run game. He doesn't disrupt your quarterback. He completely disrupts your offense. Those are monkey wrench in everything that you're doing. I have not seen a linebacker, even to this day, who covers the quarterback, who drops in coverage – Lars Taylor was doing that 30 years. He's dropping 10, 15 yards in coverage. He was doing that 35 years ago, right? I haven't seen a, 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 a linebacker who gets to the quarterback like Lawrence Taylor. I haven't seen a guy disrupt your run game. I haven't seen a guy who could completely throw a monkey wrench. And you have to scheme as an offense. You have to scheme around one guy, right? Now, when I think about the defensive tackle, I think you can make the argument that Aaron Donald is the best defensive tackle in the game. And the reason why I say that, Tone, is because I think about John Randall, how awesome he was. But John Randall also played offensive line. He also played defensive – I'm sorry, he played linebacker also. And let's see, I think he was better than Warren Sapp. Now, when I think about defensive players, I think – I don't know if he was a better defensive player than Deion Sanders. When we talk, and when I, when I say that, Tone, I think about impact. How the impact I, game, yeah. I, I think about Aaron Donald in terms of his impact – Deion Sanders shut the field in half. We can't go to the left side. We can't go over there. Because if we go over there, it's not going to work. It's going to be bad for us. There are teams who run the football against the Rams. Mm -hmm. 
There are teams they who run it right at Aaron Donald. So we're going to shove the ball down your throat, right? I've never seen him in my lifetime. I ain't going to say in my lifetime. I take that back. I have never seen a guy who I believe who said who I've heard guys say in the past tone. I can do this whenever I feel like it. I believe Reggie White could get to the quarterback every time if he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Every I'm, I'm, I'm convinced to that. If, if Reggie White said I, I can get to the quarterback every time, I believe that. There isn't one guy that I could say as as on a def, on a, as a defensive lineman or as a DN that they could say I'll get to the quarterback whenever I want. No, you can't. Reggie White can though. This is what I'm talking about when I think about great defensive players, and I think that Aaron Donald you can make the argument, and it could be a convincing, compelling argument that he's the best defensive tackle. I think he was better than John Randall again. I think he's better than Warren Sapp, and he played defensive tackle full time. I mean, the job of the defensive tackle is to get to the quarterback and to run stop. That's my job, stuff to run. And I think that he was, I think that he was the best at that. But the best defensive player of all time? No, nah, I ain't going that far. Especially after only eight years, that's not enough time. I, I think, I think, I don't even question that he's the best defensive player today. And I think that's where this conversation comes in: is that mm-hmm. because today he's the best defensive player, and he just he looks the part, right? Like does. when he takes his shirt off and he just like he looks the part. Mm-hmm. That being said. You can, look, not crazy, but can still run on him. And when I think about the names you mentioned, right, you know, people want to knock Dion and say, oh, he couldn't tackle. He didn't have to. Nope. Although he, by the way, he, he just, he didn't like to hit, but he could tackle because what he would do is go down at your legs and just flip you over. Like he got the job done, but you're mm-hmm. right. He didn't like to tackle. That's okay. But people didn't throw to him. Just think about what you said. His stats are probably half of what they could have been because people were just like, "I'm where's Dion? He's there at the corner. I'm not throwing that side. I'm throwing to this side. How much easier it is to scheme your defense when that side of the field is shut off. And don't forget, he was also returning uh, kicks and punts almost as good as anyone ever, maybe second to Deion San- uh, to Devin Hester. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm agree with you on, on Dion. People forget about how great Reggie White was. The minister of defense was just a beast. And then the one that it was asked in the question, I think Lawrence Taylor, I don't even think it's a question. I think even if you ask defensive greats, like I think if you ask Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. Dion, they'll even say Lawrence Taylor was the greatest defensive player ever. So, so yes, yeah, so I think Aaron Donald's the best today. Mm-hmm. When you look at all time, look, he, he, look, we can have the conversation, but I think there's a few guys that are ahead of him all time in total, mm-hmm. like overall defensive players of the year. But he's he is that doesn't take away from him because I know I'm going to get in the comments. Doesn't take away from him. He's amazing. I just said he's the greatest defensive player today. Okay. Three. Back to the NBA. Mm-hmm. A lot of discussion. I don't know why recently. About the three years from '95 to '98, mm-hmm. when the NBA. A lot of people think the three-point line was shorter for the entire 90s, which I also think is funny. But a lot of time about 95 and 98 when the three-point line was shorter. Now, mm-hmm. let me just clarify. The entire three-point line was not shorter. Okay, on the corners, it has always been since 1979-80, 22 feet. Mm-hmm. That was day one. That was today. That has never changed. Along the top circle, okay, the mm-hmm. arc, went from 23-9 when it, in, in its inception. Mm-hmm. And then in 95 I believe 95, 96 season, they shortened it to the same 22 feet as, mm-hmm. as what it is in the corners because they were trying to elevate scoring. Let's be honest. The scoring had been on a steady decline at that point for about seven or eight years in a row. 
and they needed to do something. So that's what they tried. So for three seasons, it was just 22 feet all the way around. Mm-hmm. A lot of talk recently about, well, all those players, Steve Kerr, uh, Reggie Miller, Michael Jordan, um, Glenn Rice, everybody who played in that has inflated three-point numbers, and we should not count them at all. So a player like Michael Jordan, who's probably the biggest impact or the one you hear the most, well, if you take away those three seasons, he only shot 28% from three does the shorter three-point line matter like should we should we do it should we adjust here's what here's my rebuttal to that tone if if you're going to do that then i made a post about this a while ago if you're going to do that if you're going to do that then we got to take away everything that james harden did during the during the era of freedom of movement where you couldn't put hands on guys and we had inflated free throws so you weren't able to put hands on guys. So Kevin Durant, those 28, 29 point a game seasons, we got to take that away too because you couldn't put hands on guys. Guys could just move around however they wanted. Guys could just do whatever they wanted. So if we're going to do that with the three-point line, they relaxed on contact and they relaxed on fouls. I mean, they relaxed on contact. And they what they did was not that they didn't relax on it. I'm sorry. They, they, they turned up the volume on contact. And they made guys go to the free throw line more. James Harden's game has suffered tremendously since they took that, since they lessened that rule this season. We're talking about a guy who went from 11 free throws a game over the last six seasons to he's down to six, I think, six free throws a game. A lot of James Harden's game was getting fouled and going to the strike. That was a lot of his game. So if we're going to do that with the three point line where we want to take that out, then we got to also do the same thing. When we're talking about the freedom of movement era, and we got to take away all those great scoring years from Steph Curry, we got to take away all those great scoring years from James Harden, where he's averaging 34, 35 a game, because you couldn't put hands on guys. And I'm pretty sure you don't want to do that. So, yeah, my, my, my argument's a little bit different. I, I actually say, well, if you don't want to count one, so you're just eliminating every three pointer that anyone shot in those three seasons, well, how many of them were in the corner? Mm. Which, which didn't change. And the right. problem is they didn't track that. Like now you can see corner threes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, so I went and looked. About 15% of the threes Steph Curry takes are from the corner. About 20% of the ones KD takes are from the corner. There were seasons where Kyle Korver, one of the greatest three-point shooters ever, 50% of his threes were in the corner and he shot over 50%. That's so nice. do we eliminate those and say and all of their – because then all of their three-point shooting numbers come down. Anything that's 22 feet in, in the terms of those guys that shot for those three years. We don't know how many were in the corners. How many were, how many were a step back of the three that actually would have still been a three today? Right. We don't know. So with all those variables, I, I, I look at it and I say, okay, you're just trying to knock everyone who played in that kind of three-year span. Because, what, because let's be honest, would all of those guys have shot zero threes at zero percent in those no. three seasons? No. <laughs> No, we don't know what they would have shot, but it wouldn't have been zero. So to say, well, we only count the years where that around those three. I just think is this. There's been so many rule changes that if you try to adjust for, you know, the three-point line being moved up or down, no three-second rule. Well, does everybody who went to the lane that had to deal with a seven-foot center that didn't have a three-second rule, do we bump up their field goal percentage? Because they got to deal with the Kimpe Matumbo just standing there um, under the rim, whereas today, right. 
everybody's got to move out of the way because they only have three seconds and now oh clean lane to the lip well once you start doing that you get into opinions and philosophies and arguments that can never be actually resolved because you don't know so isn't it easier to just say hey the rules changed every time the rules change and the stats are the stats because i always tell everybody this stats matter accolades matter skill matters talent matters Mm -hmm. rings matter they matter to varying degrees Mm -hmm. but they matter so to try and take away and twist and turn or only use little samples of stuff you're trying to prove something um but i just i like to look at it holistically and again maybe i'm wrong but i look at it as total when i look at your career oh well the last three years you sucked yeah well that's still part you decided to play right um you could have quit you can yeah, stop. Yeah. You, you know, I get I get I, I get into this argument a lot. Well, LeBron James, you know, is not really um, you know, his numbers aren't really that great because he can't shoot the mid-range and it's you know, he shoots over 70%, zero to three feet, and that's why his field goal percentage is high. So we're gonna knock him for getting to the rim? <laughs> we're gonna knock him for getting to the rim? Shouldn't, you know, he be, you, shouldn't he be applauded that he can get to the rim? You, you know, Tom, Walter Payton really wasn't that good because he didn't really run up the A-gap a lot. He ran a lot right, on the he, outside. On the so, outside. You know, he, wasn't, he wasn't really that good. He didn't run up the gut that much. But well, wait, I hear that about <laughs> Cooper Cup this year. Oh, he doesn't play the outside. He doesn't run this break, pattern. Man. Who cares? Break. You know who has the most points in NBA history? Regular season. Jabal. Jabbar. All he yeah. did was skyhook. That was it. Stop him. Stop, stop, stop this him. Stop him. <laughs> So I just I, I I get agitated when people try to say like well I don't like the way someone did something I don't care I right? can't handle I don't I just, care if you don't like it uh, LeBron James did it Michael Jordan yeah. might have only been a mid range shooter in a post up okay he did it Kareem only sky hooked Cooper Cup only plays in the slot he doesn't but uh, okay stop and, it and stop it worked it. Stop in, it. In, the, in the process of him doing it it worked it's not like he was doing it and it was like oh this again. It's, it's let, not like, let me. Add, <laughs> that's like me. Well, all Steph Curry does is shoot threes. How's that going? Worked out pretty damn good, <laughs> right? Like it's just it blows my. Because I tell you, if if any of them are honest with themselves, and I said, hey, I'm gonna make you a 100 percent, 100 percent three point shooter, but you can only do it from the right corner in the second and fourth quarter. Oh my god! But you'll hit a hundred percent of them. Do you know what they're doing? They're playing every minute of the second and fourth quarter. They're hitting 100% of their shots. They're they're scoring 30 <laughs> points a game. And they're collecting $30 million a year, and they're saying thank you. Thank you thank very you, much. Thank you, Jeannie Fluence. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, right? And they're not saying, oh, man, but no, I, I'd rather be more versatile. And, no, you're not. You're full of crap. You're full of crap. So do we have another one? Oh, we do have one more. All right, one last one. One last one. Aaron Rodgers recently. Oh, we don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers, but he went on – um, oh, I forget the name of the show, unfortunately. Pat, Pat oh, yeah, Pat McAfee. There we go. Pat McAfee 2.0, I think. I think he changed it up. Pat McAfee 2.0. I'm available, by the way, Pat McAfee, if you're listening. I'll come on anytime. Um, actually, both of us will come on. You need a little fluent and chill. Are you done talking about Aaron Rodgers? Because he went on there and we were hoping we we're going to find out, is he going to retire? Is he going to leave? Is he going to stay with the Packers? And he said nothing. I'm not done with him. I just, I just think it's corny. And the reason why I think it's corny tone is because you know if you want to quit or not. We've been doing you've been doing this for 16 years. All right. 17. He came in in 2004. Yeah, you've been doing this for 16 years. You know if it's over for you or not. This isn't a this isn't a decision where wow, this is really hard. You've been pondering this decision for the last 
four or five years, you know that time is coming. So this isn't a situation where all of a sudden we're here and, oh, I got to make a decision. You know whether or not it's over for you. That's first of all. I'd like to rewind the clock tone back to Mr. Brett Favre, who is this isn't the same situation with Brett Favre where every year, Brett, I would just much, I would much rather you just tell us, I won't go to training camp. Just tell us you don't want to go to training camp as opposed to, I think I'm going to retire. I'm not sure if I want to retire. Well, I think I'm going to retire. I'm not sure if I want to retire. You don't want to go to training camp. Just say you don't want to go to training camp because you didn't want to quit. It was obvious you didn't want to. Right. I don't want to go to training. You don't want to go to training camp. Just say that because it was obvious that you didn't want to quit. That's why you went to go play for the Jets. And then you went to go play for Minnesota. So it was obvious that you didn't want to quit. You just didn't want to go to training camp. And it would have been so much better. That situation right there, that sucked a lot of the oxygen out of the room for me. Brett Favre, not Brett Favre, I'm sorry. And Rogers, on the other hand, you know if you want to quit or not. Just give it up. Well, you know. I, I, believe, I believe in something different. One, I think his engagement just broke up, and I don't know what he's going on and doing shows. Like, take a minute, man. You know, I know you're hurt. I know you're hurt. I know you're trying to be a you know, tough dude. Dude, when you break up with your fiance, take a week off. Just relax. This was, yeah, this wasn't some chick you was just messing yeah, around. Yeah, this it was, was fiance. Yeah. Th- that being said... The GM of the Packers has come out and said, well, I didn't promise Aaron Rodgers a trade because we all thought when he came back last season, right, there was, there was, there was a breakup going to happen with the Packers. Okay, we'll give him a little bit more say. We'll let him, what does he want? Randall Cobb? Okay, we'll bring in Randall Cobb, you know, and then we're not going to hold you to this. We'll let you leave at the end of the season was what people were saying. That was the, what we read mm-hmm. everywhere was that they're going to make him play this year and then he's free to do whatever he wants. Well, GM said, I haven't promised I would trade you anywhere. That's where I think this retirement stuff is coming from. It's he is trying to play it out in the public eye to say, well, if you don't trade me to the team I want to go to, then I'm going to retire. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more to do with than anything. It's he doesn't want to retire. He's the damn MV- back-to-back MVP. Right. You don't back-to-back MVP and then retire, especially right. when you're thought of as a playoff choke artist no he wants to go to a team where he could win a super bowl and say see i told you so it was the packers fault right he wants to pull what tom brady did go to tampa bay win a super bowl and see like told you it wasn't the coach Mm -hmm. he wants to go to another team win a super bowl and see like see the packers and their lack of defense their lack of whatever was holding me back that's what he let's be honest if we're being honest that's what he wants and how does he do and how does and how does he do that he says okay well trade me to the 49ers Mm -hmm. or i'm retiring well, now he's got them. Now, are they going to call his bluff? They say, okay, retire. We good. We good. I've always been the one. I've always said this. I will forever and, and forever say this. If, if, you, if, I, if you have a contract, one, mm-hmm. I'm going to honor your contract. I, and I get it. This is where people fight with me. It's like, well, teams cut people and you know they, they're not guaranteed contracts. If I have a contract with you, I'm keeping you. But if you have a contract with me, I expect you to keep it. You want to hold up for more money? Go sit at home. I'm going to fine you for every single day that you're at home because I have my legal right to do that. And you and I have you for three more years? Go sit at home for three more years and get those fines. I don't care. I'm stubborn, right? Le'Veon <laughs> Bell would have sat. And, oh, I can franchise you for two years? I'm going to franchise you and then fine you all that money so it doesn't cost me anything. I don't care what it does to my team. And I'm going to prove it. I, however, will have a reputation of that he doesn't cut people he doesn't get out of contracts either so i will i think i will have built up that capital that people will respect me when i say 
I'm ho- I'm staying true to my word. You stay true to yours. Now, I know a lot of you out there are listening to this and thinking about Tone being a terrible owner, but to be quite honest with you, there's a, re- there's, there's a reason why we, this is for this exact reason, what he's talking about. This is the reason why we have contracts for yeah. that reason right there. This is exactly why we have contracts. Now there's the idea of me moving you to Minnesota and you're like, I don't want to go play in Minnesota. All right. That's completely different as opposed to, you have a contract to play here and you don't want to get traded on the contract. This is the deal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can get with that logic. I, I'll I, tell I, you this. I, I know this people say this is bad business, but like, I'll tell you this right now. If I have a star, if I have a player, not even a solver, if I have a player and this happened recently to, uh, I want to say someone on the bears. Uh, I want to say it was their t- one of their tight ends broke his leg, like just mm-hmm. horrifically broke his leg. And the NFL, you can just cut that player. You're out of their contract and you don't have to pay them anything. Mm-hmm. The type of owner I would be is I would say, well, I had you for four years at 10 million, 40 million, $30 million, whatever it was, four years at 30 million. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to cut your contract because I need that salary cap space, mm-hmm. but I'm going to pay you because I've probably got multiple other businesses. I'm still going to pay you four years, $30 million because you have going to have medical expenses, this, that, the other thing. It's horrific, a tragic event. I'm not going to leave you high and dry. So that's why I say, I know that I would build up that capital say, contract, you, you're keeping it. Especially if your career is over, like if this is a career yeah. ending injury, I can't just throw you out. No, no I, I feel like when people do that, that I think that's, yeah. I hate hearing yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if we have a contract, Man, we have a contract. That's it. We're, I'm done. So deal the deal. So I guess the let me answer the question because whoever sent this in probably wants an answer. Am I done talking about Aaron Rodgers? I've been done talking about Aaron Rodgers since the first time he beat my Bears. So <laughs> I would like him to go to uh, the AFC, possibly Denver, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. He can go anywhere. I just I never want to have to see him twice a year again. <laughs> Which, by the way, I just saw a picture. I saw a meme of Aaron Rodgers possibly in a Chicago Bears uniform. I didn't like it at all. I was like. Get this away from me. I saw that about seven years ago. I really liked it then. Of course you did. Of course you did. Really Absolutely. But yeah, Absolutely. no. Um, all right. So that's it for this uh, episode of Fluid and Chill. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit smash that like button. Send us stuff. So we're here every Wednesday, every Friday on YouTube and Spotify. Um, Mondays, 8 p.m. TikTok. Man, last one was good. Everyone is. We just get better every time. Um, but until then... Take it light, but take it.